Welcome to the What Do You Do show, a podcast where we explore paths to success one guest at a time. And in today's episode, we have with us Gajesh Mitkari. So, when I am a designer, uh, to be specific, I am a graphic designer and an illustrator. Right now, I am working with this startup called Blue uh, What we do is we take a temple-based flower and uh, transform it into incense sticks and combs. And we also have other luxury products like votives and aromatherapy candles, etc. So I'm right now working there as one of the design leads. Uh, so everything that you see from the packaging to the campaigns uh, to everything visual, uh, mm-hmm. let's say photographic advertisements, uh, I supervise everything. I personally design their packaging and gift boxes as well. Yeah. Apart from that, I'm an independent illustrator and an artist. So I do put a lot of my work out there. I mm-hmm. do uh, put a lot of uh, let's say, what what do we call it, um, art meetups and uh, oh. my own articles. And uh, yeah, I'm a very happy-go-lucky person. <laughs> and I constantly talk about design all the time. So uh, I, I think uh, that's, that's, that's it. That's all about it. <laughs> that's nice. So did the world of design choose you or did you choose design? Did it, did it happen by chance or you were actively looking to work in this space? That's that's a very interesting question. Um, I never thought about it that way. But now that you have asked, I think the world of design chose me because I have always wanted to become an artist, actually. But then uh, one fine day, like my father introduced me to the design industry. Mm -hmm. And that's how I got to know about it. And that's how I got into it. And then uh, even while I was studying design, I was not very sure that how good of a designer I'll become someday. Because I was mostly into, uh, you know, painting and art and talking about artists. Uh, but yeah, eventually it worked pretty well for me. The design industry was, I'll say, very welcoming for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's how I think it chose me rather than I, uh, yeah, you know, I chose design. So and thank you for asking that question. Something <laughs> new I was today. <laughs> but you embrace the world so beautifully with the breakthrough in NID and then working with so many uh big firms, startups, and you've had a well-rounded exposure in that space. Uh, I wanted to yeah. ask, you said two words, I'm a visual designer and an illustrator. What's the difference and what are these roles individually? Okay, yeah, so that's, uh, I think uh, many of us get confused between a visual designer and an yeah. illustrator. I'll uh, put it in very simple words. Uh, visual designer is somebody uh, who designs all the visual experiences for you. So, for example, everything that you see, uh, everything I'll say, uh, let's say websites, uh, let's say newspaper, print publication, uh, from Instagram post to, uh, let's say, your storyboarding in okay. films. Huh. Huh. So, everything a visual designer will do. It's a bigger umbrella. An illustrator is a very specific field. Mm-hmm. Uh, to give you an, another example, uh, let's talk about doctors. You have a general physician and you have somebody who is focused on something. Right. Uh, heart surgery, the brain surgery. Mm-hmm. They have a focused idea. But a general physician sometimes tackles with a lot of health issues. Yes. It's not just one particular thing. Mm-hmm. But a heart surgeon is very much focused on, you know, just the heart. So mm-hmm. illustrators are basically uh, who just illustrate, who just do, you know, uh, different kinds of illustration, different styles of illustration. Mm-hmm. Uh, the medium will change, mm-hmm. the storytelling technique will change, mm-hmm. but the main umbrella will remain. You've had some experience working in the design research space itself. How do you think that adds more value to you being a designer? 
an artist will make something and put it in front of you and uh, you will question it you will comment on it uh, you will say anything about it the artist won't have to worry about it it's just an expression that uh, you know they they have put across people but a designer when they work on something i need to understand what you're saying if you are saying that you don't like it i'll have to understand why you don't like it yeah if you're saying it's you're uncomfortable i have to understand because that is my job that that is my thing i have to make you feel comfortable around that particular thing so that's the difference and that is why yeah that is why designers really need to think about what they are doing. so you have to go through uh, products or uh, marketing techniques which have been previously used maybe in the history where there was a similar product which served different purposes and they marketed it very well mm-hmm. right right so uh, my first thing for this particular product was uh, have you seen those swiss knives which have yes. like 36 yeah, and... yeah. yes yes so you use, yeah you won't actually use all of them if you have no. one i'm very sure you uh, use all of them right uh, but you still have it yes you might because one use... should have it i don't know why but yeah and it looks <laughs> very very attractive like oh my god itne choti isme se there are so many things coming out so yes <laughs> yeah so even even for an army person uh they won't use all of them right it's never like using all 36 of the tools mm-hmm. but it's still a very successful product it has been there since a very long time it will be there for a very long right? yes true there there might be something which might have helped to market it right and that is where the design research come so when i understand the marketing pattern of that particular product i will try to connect the dots between this product and that product and then see ki okay now how do i sell it and that is where the design research is and you also talked about like how, who's a product designer right and then there's a graphic designer then there's a visual designer then there's a motion designer um mm-hmm. how did you find your footing in the space and with your uh, degree at nid did, did they give right. you that you know that platform to explore each of these and if somebody mm-hmm. is trying to you know find their space in the world of design how should they go about it okay that's so that's a good question um so of course my college did help me find uh, my or uh, find something which interests me uh so what happens is in nid it's very free the culture is very free you can actually go and sit in any lecture or any class that you want to sit in so i did explore wow. yeah yeah i did explore that's three uh, dates uh, come live <laughs> and that actually <laughs> and uh, i was actually i wanted to become an animator when i was in foundation in first okay. year because i i had been sketching since a very long time mm-hmm. uh since uh I was five, so that makes it twenty years. Yes. Uh, so everybody was like, "Oh, you're very good at this. Uh, animation is your thing because you have to draw a lot in animation." So that was my thing. Uh, so I explored animation. I went to the studios. I went. I sat with my seniors. I talked to them. I understood how it works. Uh, understood that it's not for me. And then uh, eventually, I got I got into like ceramic and glass design there because I also love to do clay work. Okay. Uh, I love to get dirty and you know make something out of clay. So I was like, oh, this might be my thing. Then I explored that a little. That also didn't work. I was also into filmmaking, so I explored filmmaking a little. All the seniors and batchmates were helping, so I was acting in their films. I was uh, helping them with their editing or their posters, etc., etc. And eventually, I realized that uh, it all came down to honestly visual design or graphic design. because when i was in animation 
I more than the act of animating, I love character design or making posters or promoting what I'm doing. I was doing in uh, cinematic and glass design. I worked on uh, letter forms and you know compositing uh, different different shapes and making something. That is where I understood that I love layouting stuff. I love putting things together so that they look visually appealing. Appealing. Then when I, exactly then when I got into filmmaking, it was more of oh, I love to design posters. I love to uh, you know storyboard etc etc. And it all came down to graphic design. So then mm-hmm. it all made sense. Okay, you know what? Little little things from everything, but everything from here attracts me. So I think graphic design is my thing. And uh, honestly, that was the best thing that NAD did to all of us. That it it was open to everybody. It was like you know what? You just go sit in any lecture. You don't have to worry about anything. Nobody ever questions you. So even if you are, let's say, you're a textile design student, and uh, you are into filmmaking or you you are into furniture uh, furniture design, uh, nobody will stop you to attend any lectures or to attend any group discussions or anything, any workshops as well. And that's the best thing because then what you do is you go there, you understand it yourself, then you understand that okay, this is not good for me or this is good for me by your own experience, and then you make your choices. It's always better than Shabu. You know what? This is what you should do. Yes, exactly. It's always better than me telling you what to do right. or anybody telling you what to do. So I think that way NAD really worked very well. Then when I got into industry, I was like in graphic design. I want to do everything. I told you right. It's a bigger yes. umbrella. Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> and then I was like, I want to do this also. I want to do that as well. And I was doing everything. I have done type design. I have done ex- expressive typography, publication, advertisements, everything that I can put my hands on. Eventually, uh, got a few good mentors in the industry who were, uh, you know, giving me direction on, you know, what this is what you should be focusing on. This is what you should be doing. And that is when it helped. That is when this fact about telling somebody because when it comes from me and you. uh like somebody from the same age it won't make sense but somebody who has an experience of 30 40 years and right. then them that try this or maybe try this this might work for you then you consider it very well and that worked for me so i was giving this interview for a very big multinational company and i went through all the six rounds uh, it was an america based company mm-hmm. and uh, in the last round i actually had the interview with the director wow and i was this is like one and a half year back okay and uh, i was very excited and that is when uh, he hit me with the realities he was like you know what you're very young you have that energy you have that passion to do everything but you need to have that one niche one thing that you know you are expert in and then delve into everything else right now you don't have that one particular thing and i think that was the best uh, advice anybody has ever given me in my life I felt very bad that time. I was like, "You're rejecting me after putting six rounds." I'm really sorry for my language. <laughs> well, I can I can feel the agitation. <laughs> But you know what? The, the thing the man the thing that the man told you was uh, we did yeah. this uh, World Economic Forum releases the skills that are needed to for people to excel in jobs in 2025 and 2030. and one of yeah. one of the key skills that they have mentioned and the key personality type that you should have to be to you know yeah. make your way is to have a t shaped yeah. personality t shaped meaning you should have a breadth of skills but there should be one skill you know in depth 
So you should uh, know a host of skills. This is your horizontal, mm-hmm. but one skill or you should have that one niche. Uh, and then, yeah. which, which reminds me, and I used to always, um, and there's this book called Range, which talks about generalization versus specialization, whether you should be a generalist mm-hmm. or a specialist. And Nietzsche, yeah. the philosopher said that, uh, you know, specialization is for insects. Who specializes? And then I also wanted to understand that whether should I, you know, there's generative AI coming. I want to learn about data. I like public speaking also. You know, I have done my engineering. Should I do this also? Should I know everything or should I know one thing in depth? And the answer always yeah. is a good balance. So <laughs> you should know <laughs> everything. You should have dipped your feet in all these puddles but one thing is your strong point and that is what you will play on that is the strength that you will play on in your coming industry years and that strength that strong point also evolves with time because your skills upgrade and you find something new and then you're like oh my god this is something that I want to be doing and this is something that is even more interesting and challenges me even more but makes me feel complacent also so yeah that, that is there which is very true. One should find their one niche. How do you fuel your creativity? I mean, it is a job that demands you to be creative every day and, you know, be mm-hmm. bring something new to the table and fresh to the table. And how does one do that? I mean, how do you keep <laughs> consuming content? Or do you feel that when you consume a lot of content from here and there, you feel like, oh my God, I'm just ripping this off and putting it somewhere else. Or uh, do you feel like, no, I do not want any inspiration. I'll just start from a blank canvas and I'll work my way through it. Or what is your process? Okay. So, uh, of course, the process changes uh, designer to designer. For me, it has always been uh, people around me, uh, okay. you know, experiences around me. So, I have been sketching since I was five. So, it has become a habit now. So if I don't do it someday, I feel like something's missing. I don't feel like my day is complete. So end of the day, I'll do something. I'll scribble something. So uh, how it has been is like when we were kids, uh, mobiles and all these, you know, all this technology web, it's it was not that developed. So yeah. for us, inspiration or something like that, inspiration itself wasn't very, you know, valid when we were kids. We just used to draw in whatever we wanted to draw, right? So for me, what happens is I go for walks, I talk to people, I see things around me and then I make my art. And even if you check my Instagram where I put all my everyday illustrations, um, that is where you'll see like little things from everyday life. Uh, You know, a dog going for a walk or a bird sitting on a wire or milk a carton, (laughs) anything. Anything will inspire me. So for inspiration, honestly, Luckily, I never felt uh, that way because I have been doing it since a very long time. Mm-hmm. But for doing something, for bringing something new to the table every day, I feel like uh, it's a practice. You have to keep doing it. Like right now, I'm struggling. I'm struggling very badly because typography is something which is not uh, my expertise, which is not something which I explored a lot in. So what I'm doing is I'm just making a lot of sketches, as many as I can, continuously. Even my uh, boss told me that, you know what, even if we don't get anything out of it, it's good. It's good for your practice. It's good that uh, you will, you know, you'll have so much work in your portfolio as well. So I've just been doing and uh, we might get lucky that something strikes and something just comes out 
or uh, it might not just work out or everything will go to waste so sometimes it's like that sometimes it it hits you something shows you you know what this is what you have to do and you get it you put it and it it's a hit sometimes it doesn't hit you at all and it's just trial and error you keep on doing it you keep on doing it and then it just hits and then it works for you so i feel like it's practice that's practice. all <laughs> yeah about somebody who is just starting out fresh into the industry and has to have a good portfolio to you know uh, get their foot into the game uh what <clears throat> suggestion do you have for them like what are some things that you learned that should be a must in your portfolio something that some things that people are actually looking out actively for and is a huge demand in the industry and just some mm. tips and tricks to you know uh, break through the huge portfolio or portfolios that we have how does how do you make yours shine okay so first of all the one myth that i'm going to clear completely uh, is basically you need to have live projects in your portfolio completely okay. cancel it people what what happens is i have seen a lot of students lot of new uh, young fresh designers are like oh i have never worked with anybody my freelance work is not that great that i have to put it in my portfolio it doesn't look that good in my portfolio so you don't really have to put any freelance i what my suggestion to everybody is if you have pro bono projects what are pro bono projects basically you yourself given yourself a brief and you started working on something like i have this concept in my mind that i want to create a series of posters like these and i will create it you put it if you have done any uh, let's say type design challenge 36 days of five put it in your portfolio properly document it and put it if you have done any college project document it very well uh, write your you know concept note write your uh, goals and aspirations through the project uh, your inspiration your mood board everything document it properly put it across college project projects also work very well uh, you talked about That's- documenting and i realized that after having you know seen your work and uh, known you through the linkedin space that you are a huge fan of documenting you like to document yeah. your processes or some stories or like you said the inspiration behind it you once talked about how to create art you should not have all the fancy art supplies around you anything around you you can create art from that and how you were nudged to i think from you created a carpet out of what what was it uh, was it the mat yeah that right yes yes so <laughs> yeah, so and i i really like that i mean every day just talking about something that maybe you know for yourself but putting it out there how has that been helpful to you uh, because in this day and age all of us need to also build a personal brand outside of our workspaces we should have an identity that lives up for us you know because at the end of the day we work for organizations we, we are our own person as well so would you recommend uh, upcoming designers to also cultivate an identity for themselves in the digital and in the physical medium both of course i will always do that i'll always uh, say that you know promote your work as much as you can because nobody else is going to do that for you yes uh, and i also what helps me to get here because see uh, as a designer i will put my work out there let's say a packaging or an illustration or any other thing i worked on and you are seeing it a lot of people are seeing it they see the final product 
right? And they see that one particular packaging or something, but they don't know what went behind it. All the two months of work, all the research, all the people I talked to, all the sketches I've made, all the rejections I've got, everything. People don't know about that, and people need to know because that is only when your field will will get as much importance as any other field. Yeah. Because for people, for design is something. Just you make something, you put it out nicely, and that is it. Yeah. But a lot of goes behind it. True. And true. unless and until. unless and until you don't put your process you don't tell people how many people you have talked to how many interviews you have taken how many uh, failures you have faced people won't realize why that particular design is so important important and that is, that is why documenting is very important, very important. right another thing is why you should put yourself out there since the beginning of your career or even since the beginning of your college life is basically you will grow you will see your own growth people will see your own growth like i have gathered this very nice set of audience on my instagram on my linkedin where people are very supportive towards what i do and that support comes from a personal you know connection because because they have seen me grow yes. they have seen me since college yes and people kept on joining through all these years yeah. and somebody saw me when i was a student they are still here now that i am working as a lead designer somewhere Uh, people came in between when i was interning somewhere now they see me my product going out celebrities yeah. using it yeah. and then the growth and that growth can only be seen when you are there since a very long time okay yeah. if you decide that i will go out there when i am completely developed and when i am like oh. you know a really skilled designer people won't know how much you have struggled or how much right. you have you know sacrificed to get to here okay. and that is why i feel like it's very important to mm-hmm. just put yourself out there yes. so that you know what you also see your journey people also see your journey and it's inspiring for everybody in the end yes and true and it feels very uh, i mean i think uh, also looking back at your own work you know sometimes those memory flashbacks that you have on instagram or something it just reminds yeah. you oh my god what space was i in at this hour and why did <laughs> i write this or what compelled me who what was my inspiration why was i such a cringe person or whatever but yes because you know uh, what when you said you know the your growth over the years and how people also witness it so i used to write okay i used to write back in college and i still like writing and i was started in yeah. college i i was uh, i was i used to use a lot of heavy words because i love reading the dictionary i was a person who used to flip pages and just randomly read the dictionary or pick up a thesaurus and i would love to know the synonyms of words and yeah. it just grew into my practice of writing so i will not say yeah. it's a happy personality i would say he's a sanguine personality and people would not relate with the word because it's not a word that we hear very often right and i yeah. would love reading period dramas so i would yeah. i would read books of the 18th century and i Oh dear Lord, oh, the phrase that I I used very casually also, and it was not yeah. sound hoity toity. That was never the uh, you know uh, intention, but it was just something that I was gravitated to. I liked, okay, and it showed in my writing, and I, nobody could understand what I read, uh, what I wrote, and just because hmm. they couldn't understand what I wrote, they felt that if I'm not able to understand what she's writing, she has written something very good. So I should just appreciate uh. it, but I've not really understood it, huh? so uh, <laughs> i got that honest in uh, feedback from very few people saying that i don't understand what you write 
like you know i got lost after two three sentences and then i realized yeah. if i'm writing for people to read sometimes you write for yourself just write whatever you want you write but if i'm writing for something to inspire people to persuade them for a call to action anything they should understand it that's the whole point that's the difference between a writer and a what's a copywriter or content writer also right yeah. if i'm writing right. between the pages of my diary i can write whatever i want to but if i'm putting it out on a blog people should understand it and then yeah. i started using very simple words and there was a lady i worked with on a digital magazine and she said shagun write how you speak do you speak like this mm. so i said no yeah. then write how you speak and she said <laughs> Just write it, and she and she would make me present the screen, and she would say, "I want you to write the sentence how you would have spoken to me in person." And I would write. It was an unpaid internship, right? Okay, but at the amount of learnings I've had, I don't propagate unpaid internships, but that was one uh, internship that taught me so much and made me grow. And then I would, and then every time I start to write, I think, "How would I speak to you about it?" and then i started writing like that and then my uh, blogs got a lot more attention and all those people mm-hmm. from college who never understood what i wrote started relating to me even more and i thought that okay they were never relating to me back then and what just happened i evolved and they witnessed me in my journey of growth and so many people the good ones the honest ones they reached out to me and said that you have grown as a writer and i love how you write now because it feels like i'm talking about my own day or you know i'm talking yeah. about my own experience and mm. it helped me and then when when those instagram flashbacks come back to me and when i posted my blogs or you know something and i and i read i am myself not able to decipher it after two three lines i'm like oh my god this is too wordy too wordy <laughs> sentences just running into one another there is no sign of a, a punctuation it's just overflowing too many thoughts clouded into sentences but yes i think and i when i witnessed that journey for myself i feel happy about it and i think i exactly. i put myself out there i never thought that you know no no i'm going to become jk rowling one day and only then he jayega sab kuch bahar aisa nahi tha <laughs> <laughs> uh, so i'll just come to my last question that i have to you uh, you be or somebody who has been painting from right the age of 5 you found your calling maybe at a very early age and you knew somewhere yeah. your path would lead to it you want you knew you wanted to be an artist and people molded your career and you like what you do there are so many mm. people who don't there are so many people who haven't who quite don't know what is it that i can do every day i can show up for every day feel fulfilled be consistent and be practice what do you have to say to them Mm. Wow, it's a very intense question. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, as easy as it is, it came to me. I, I, yeah. I feel very privileged and lucky now that you yes. know I found my calling early. Now that you ask, I'm just like wow. <laughs> I, I read something uh, yesterday uh, while while I was researching for my thing. uh it it said that uh, the thing that you are doing while you are procrastinating is the thing that you should be doing for the rest of your life that was gajesh mitkari for you in the entire length of the conversation i felt he's someone who walks his talk is a consistent fellow who shows up every day to his practice of design and has grown to believe in himself If you want to or maybe are a visual designer, product designer, graphic designer, motion designer or illustrator, you must check him out. 
check out his Instagram to see his daily practice, his views, his opinions, and do connect with him if you want any more opinions. Thank you so much. That was episode 2 for you. Stay tuned for next Saturday.